0: Hey guys, this is Doug with FellowshipoftheMartyrs.com. I'm doing another video in the series on demonology. Um, this is actually more spiritual warfare, but um, uh, and I suppose it could go under the pneumatology series about the Holy Spirit. But uh, anyway, let's 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 call it demonology uh, for now. Um, In one of my books, I talk about uh, the reality of spiritual warfare. Now, people seem to get twisted up as they look for ammunition for why Doug's crazy and everything. Um, I've talked about shields and cloaks and weapons and the reality of spiritual warfare. To me, it's not um, a theoretical thing. It's not like um, we read the Bible and all the demons squeal and run. Yeah, they don't like when you read the Bible, especially Revelation 18. You got something messing with you? Just read Revelation 18 out loud. They're really not going to like the fall of Babylon. Um, But um, there's lots of verses that talk about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Well, the Word of God is not just the Bible. The Bible never refers to itself as the Word. It refers to Jesus as the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Um, So there's a difference between the Logos and the Rhema, between the written Word and the living Word. Uh, The the Word handed down to God uh, relevant to that moment, for example, uh, there are those that say God doesn't talk to us anymore. Once the Bible was done being written, that's all that we need and and God doesn't talk to us. To which my response is, well, pastor who called you into the ministry? Because it doesn't say Bob should go to seminary in the Bible. It doesn't even say seminary in the Bible, mind you, and it certainly doesn't say Bob should go to seminary. So, it also doesn't say microwave, uh Buick LeSabre, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff. So, if you're going to go with, uh, God is mute now, then who called you? Because if somebody called you, then he still speaks. And if you could, if you say, well, the, the Holy Spirit um, nudged me in that direction. Okay, well, that's still him speaking. That's still his voice. That's still God communicating to his people. And you may just feel a nudge because that's all you're willing to accept because you don't think God talks to people anymore, so you don't want to hear him talk. Still, if he communicates to his people, then that is extra-biblical. That is something above and beyond. Now, it will line up with the Word of God, it will be consistent with the Word of God, but there is nowhere in the Bible where it says Bob should go be a missionary in Mexico, like my dad. He heard a definitive call. My mom, since she was 13, knew that the Lord wanted her to go be a missionary in Mexico. Knew it, knew it, knew it, written on her heart, knew it. Uh, Lots of times she heard God and wrote, writes about it in her book which is available on my website on uh, Fellowship of the Martyrs under free ebooks, uh, called Missionaries are Human Too." it's a really sweet little book <clears throat> and she was Baptist and still didn't have any problems saying oh yeah God told me to wake up and go talk to the bus driver because he was weaving all over the road and was asleep in the middle of the mountains and everybody else was asleep and we'd have probably all died if God hadn't woke me up and told me to go talk to the bus driver and wake him up just one story so I got a challenge for you, Uh, uh, pastor, um, cessationist, Jesus doesn't do that stuff anymore, pastor. Go talk to a missionary from your denomination that's been to a third world country for an extended period of time and promise them that you will never repeat it and you'll never use it against them and you won't call headquarters and then ask them what is the craziest thing they ever saw. Because I sat around campfires with Baptist missionaries listening to them talk about how they saw bullets do right angles, how an angel told them not to go into that village because they were going to get killed on the way, um, driving a a Chevy Suburban in the mountains for a week on an empty tank of gas. Trust in the Lord. Please keep it going, Lord. Please keep it going. And it did. See people healed. I, I talked to one a Baptist missionary lady, she said three times in the Amazon her husband was healed of malaria because the church gathered together and laid hands on him and prayed. When she told it on furlough in a church and told that story about how God took such good care of them, they withdrew their funding because she was a Pentecostal because God doesn't do that anymore. And they didn't want to give her money. And she's like, would they rather he have died to prove their point? It's insane. It's insane. Anyway, I dare you, I dare you, go find somebody that's been in a foreign country, that's been out in the woods, that's been somewhere far, far away where God had to come through, and ask them and see if they're willing to tell you some of their stories. Um, And then you decide, because that's what changed me, the testimony of people that, that I knew I could trust and had no motivation to lie. And they weren't building big ministries on the back of these miracles. In fact, if these miracles were found out, some of them would lose their commission, would lose their license, would have to couldn't work for the denomination anymore. Those are more credible witnesses to me than the guy making money on the gold dust and the, the feathers falling out of this air conditioning vent. <clears throat> anyway, specifically, we're talking about shields and cloaks and weapons. Um The Word of God is a weapon. So when you speak the Word of God, that is to say, when the Word of God, Jesus, tells you what to speak and you speak it, that is a weapon. And if the Lord says, that person has a spirit of fear, get it off, and you obey, then you have obeyed the Word of God. And the Word of God is a sword that cuts between bone and marrow, between soul and spirit. Slices it off and uh, gets them free. Now, sometimes you can deliver somebody by just speaking truth to their heart. Um, I was down in Texas at a a women's rehab center, and they they were having me meet with each individual. There was about 15 uh, women staying there. And they were having me meet with each one and just kind of counsel with them and help them get their cup cleaned out and get them unclogged so they can hear God. And I'm talking to this one, and I said, Lord, what's the problem? Why is it that she's all clogged up and can't hear you? He said she's still angry with Uncle Ed, who raped her when she was five. Well, I'm testing that every way I know how because something real specific like that, you better be sure because you look like crazy false prophet when she has doesn't have an Uncle Ed, she was never raped and it whatever, and you better be sure that you're hearing God. Now you can you can make some vague prophecy about you know one one lady that I saw one time, over and over to multiple people. I see four doors opening in front of you. What the heck is that? Which door do I go through? Which four doors? How do I know they're a door? How do I... It's completely useless. And she gave it to person after person in this congregation with her big prophet anointing whatever thing nonsense. Now that's an entirely different thing than Uncle Ed raped you when you were five and you're still mad about it. And you've got unforgiveness in your heart. I mean that is a word of knowledge that that ought to just cut right to the heart neutralize the enemy deliver them of a whole bunch of stuff right on that that is a sword right there not a shotgun with pennies in it or something anyway so <clears throat> so I tested I tested I make sure and, I, and I'm like please back me up on this Lord and I speak it to her and she bursts into tears and she says yes that's it I've been waiting for somebody to, to put their finger on it because I didn't want to admit it I didn't want to believe that it had really happened I, I pushed it down I had thought that it hadn't but but uh, how could he do such a thing whatever and we spend 20 minutes getting it out and, and grieving over it and and Jesus just speaking through me about how he felt about it and that she needs to lay it down and that the forgiveness needs to flow because if you don't forgive others he can't forgive you so a lot of her prayers were bouncing off of the ceiling There there was brass over her head because of the unforgiveness in her heart and somebody needed to come and identify that. That's the Word of God. Okay, that is a sword. But nowhere in the Bible does it say, confront her because Uncle Ed raped her. That that has to be a current word, a, a rhema word, a live word from the Lord. Uh, rhema is a Hebrew word. If you look through the Bible, where it talks about the voice of the Lord and the Word of the Lord, sometimes it's logos and sometimes it's rhema. Mm-hmm. Do a study on that. It's really interesting. Anyway, um, <clears throat> Satan has this tremendous weapon to use against us. Tremendous weapon to use against us. And it's our mind. He whispers, we believe it, put it into action, and sin results. Grieves God, Satan wins. And it starts with our imagination, it starts with our mind. And Satan says something. Um, uh, Satan says something. Hold on. I'm making a video! I'm making a video! Thank you. (laughs) So, they're just real loud right in the hall right behind me. Um, Okay. So, for example, Jesus says that in the Old Testament... If you had sex with somebody that wasn't your wife, you were guilty of adultery uh, in in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, he says, if you even think about it, if you even do it in your head, you're already guilty. You've already done it. Um, In the Old Testament, it said, if you murder your brother. And he says, if you say, thou fool, and you have murder in your heart, you've already murdered him, and you're going to be held responsible for having broken that. The Old Testament, the Ten Commandments, are a shadow, a type, Just like the temple, just like the animal sacrifices, just like the Passover lamb, they're a shadow of what's coming. He came to fulfill the law. That doesn't mean um, to enforce Torah. He came to spiritualize Torah. What were carnal rules, don't steal, don't have sex with somebody that's not your wife, don't murder, whatever, Don't don't worship before an idol. What were carnal, what were things in the natural, he came to spiritualize, to raise the bar even higher and say, not only was it impossible to fulfill that law, the carnal law, nobody could live within all of those rules. And, and, it, and it, you know, it was a curse. Now we're gonna raise the bar even higher. If you even think about it, you're responsible. And your response should be, wow, that is so much harder. Instead of saying, wow, the blood of Jesus covers everything, now we can break the law as much as we want. No, no. If you are led by the Holy Spirit, you're not under law. Because you have the mind of Christ. And you're not letting those doors open. You're not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Because you're being led by the Holy Spirit. And He is keeping you above that bar. So that you don't have murder in your heart. You're transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're not looking at women that way. You're not um, stealing in your heart or in the natural. It requires the Holy Spirit. The response should be, we had the law on tablets of stone, and that did us no good. And now you're telling us the law is even harder. You're going to have to write it on our hearts because we cannot fulfill this touch a cold on my lips, put a right spirit in, renew a right spirit in me, something because I can't fulfill this. I cannot do this. That's why he says to take captive every thought and bring it into obedience with Christ. To put down imaginations and every high thing that sets itself against God. Every vain imagination. He doesn't say to destroy imaginations. You can't. He says to think on these things. Well that is imagination. To fill your head with pure thoughts. Uh, To remember Uh, what Paul did when he was among you to remember what you were taught that's imagination he doesn't say to destroy imaginations he says vain imaginations and every high thing that sets itself against God the reality is that our mind is the gateway to reach the Lord our faith comes by hearing and believing Uh, so uh, he says as your faith is let it be unto you you know you believe your daughter's going to get healed let her be healed bam that hour she was healed because he believed she was going to get healed the woman with the blood problem mark chapter 5 and elsewhere touched the hem of his garment sucked out the healing that she needed he says go your faith has healed you okay well if um try not to be graphic here if i look at a playboy magazine and i got i got the center fold up and she's hot and I start thinking about what I'd like to do with her, um, it is going to have an impact in the natural. Certain hydraulic reactions are going to start. Certain bodily functions are going to begin. If I continue to process um, what I would like to do with her, there's going to be an outcome. There's going to be a result um, of that. <clears throat> now. You could say, no big deal, that was just me by myself. But the Lord says, no, I'm going to hold you responsible as if you actually committed that act with that person. She offered her body up for that purpose, make no mistake, she got paid and she knew what she was doing. And she offered her body up to be used by people that way and to connect her to them spiritually. And she may not have realized all the ramifications of it, but in the spirit... God is going to hold you responsible as if you and her actually did it right before the throne of God. Because in the spirit, it's absolutely real. You you didn't do you didn't imagine a mannequin or, or or some styrofoam two-dimensional piece of paper. You imagined her, and she was moving, and she was liking it, and she was whatever with you, and she offered herself up that way. And God is going to hold you responsible, and you are going to establish a soul tie to that person. And whatever bad stuff is in her cup could flow back and forth. And whatever bad stuff is in your cup can flow back and forth. And you wonder why Anna Nicole Smith and Britney Spears and other people just unravel. Because they got soul ties like spaghetti soup going out everywhere to all kinds of people with all kinds of problems um, pumping bad stuff at them, using them in the worst possible ways. <clears throat> And they' and, and they're basically they are prostitutes because they're offering their body up knowing that that's the intent okay Beyonce absolutely possessed by this alter ego demon thing and she didn't used to be she used to be a godly godly woman by all accounts that I've read but promoters, managers yeah we need the skirts a little bit shorter. Um, We need you to hang out with these other people. We need you to get more popular. You need to do this and this. And she sold out. And stuff jumped on her. And more and more and more soul ties connecting her to people that you would never, ever want to be connected with spiritually. Um, Anyway, that's absolutely real. And if Satan has a weapon like that to use against us, if he can whisper, um, you're fat and ugly and nobody loves you, and you believe it and and internalize it, you will become fat and ugly and nobody will love you. It's not just self-talk. It's Satan that whispers, puts an eye in front, I'm the best singer here, um, I'm going to get even with that guy, I'm going to kill her in her sleep, I'm going to whatever, and you say, oh yeah, uh, I think I will. Um, And all along, you believed the doctrine of demons. It wasn't you at all. Because you didn't take captive every thought. You didn't test it with the Lord. You didn't make sure that it was the Lord's voice. You just assumed it was you and it was a good idea and you went along with it. Um, I need to get drunk. I need I need some drugs. I need whatever. Well, you don't. You just don't. It's a lie. Don't believe it. Uh, put it down. Uh, use your spiritual weapons. Put it down. And uh, believe what the Lord says. So... Well, the short of that is, if if, if Satan has a weapon that powerful to use against us, and and it's massively doing huge damage all over the place, 50% of pastors say they're addicted to pornography, well, what do we have on the other side? What's available to us? Um, Well, it's the same thing. By your faith, let it be unto you. If I believe I have a sword, and I believe I can poke a demon in the eye and he'll run, then it's so. Because in the spirit... It's just as real as me having sex with that centerfold. If I believe that I'm a big, strong, shiny warrior with big shields and cloaks and angel bodyguards and they're gonna watch out for me, then it's so. Now, it's not me believing that makes it so. It's, it's, It's my faith that opens the door for the Lord to move. Because if you bind it on earth, it will be bound in heaven. If you loose it on earth, it will be loosed in heaven. The Bible says that we have access to the armory of the Lord. All kinds of stuff in there. All kinds of stuff in the Bible that talks about flashing swords. I've got a, a video on spiritual warfare about the weapons that are available to us. It says that he shields us round about. That's a complete sphere, not just on the front, not just the Ephesians 6 armor. People say, well, there's no armor on the back. Well, what about the other verses about shields? You can't just take Ephesians 6 out of context like that. Uh, what about he shields us round about? Uh, what about he puts a, a cloak around us and hides us from the eyes of our enemies that will sneak up from them uh, on them from behind and destroy them? Um, <coughs> lots of other verses about bows and, and swords and spears and shields and cloaks and other stuff. This stuff's real. To the degree that you appropriate it, believe in it and stand in faith on it. So, when the Lord says, you know, uh, when, when something's messing with you, and you decide to, to take the offensive against it, you can, to the degree that you believe in, and, and have faith, and there's all kinds of voices I'm going to scream at you, this isn't real, this is made up, this is just your comic book imagination, this is whatever, but I guarantee you, and you know full well, that if you do something lusty in your head, and you imagine something you're going to be convicted for it. And, and God is going to show you that it was wrong, that what you did was real, and that you need to repent. And you'll say, but Lord, I was just sitting here thinking, no, you need to repent. That was sin. Well, if it works that way, and it's real, and the Lord considers it real, then when you have faith, and you say, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord, and I'm going to obey Him, and He is real, and He is mine, the, that door flings open. He stands at the door and knocks. And when you say, come in, Lord, and you and you see that door opening, and he will rush in and hug you, and he will be Lord. And that happens by faith. And that happens by believing. Well, if I believe I'm a big honking, optimist, prime weapon, wielding, machine gun, toting flamethrower of the Holy Spirit, nothing can stand against me, warrior, then I am. If I believe uh, that I heard him say, the money's going to be okay, I'm going to take care of this, I'm going to fix this, go to court, take a stand, trust me, then he will, and he does, and he has over and over. If if I believe, um, now it's not my belief, it's, it's not like visualization where a, a pole vaulter goes through his step, 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 plant the pole, go up, push over. You can you can go through that in your head over and over, clearing an 18, 20-foot bar, and not, never be able to do it. And never actually get it done. It's not the imagining it that makes it happen. Um, <clears throat> but when the Lord is with you, then He will back you up. And if it's Him that's motivating you to speak and motivating you to believe, and the Lord says, get that spirit of fear off of that lady, well, how can I screw that up? God just told me to. It's not me. It's not my power. It's not my faith. Not my belief. It's just my obedience to the voice of the Lord. Okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? Just grab a hold of it, yank it off, cast it to the abyss, fill her cup. Okay. So, Lord, I can't see it. Do whatever you got to do to me so I can see it. So he shows it to me. So I believe in faith, grab a hold of it, yank it off and rebuke it in the name of Jesus, squish it into a ball and cast it to the abyss. And man, wouldn't you know, she's all better. Now she can leave the house and she's not got agoraphobia anymore. Now she can drive the car. Uh, I've seen all kinds of stuff like that. And uh, it, it happened just that fast. When it was the word of the Lord. When it was Him saying what to do. Now, you can do deliverance by just screaming at it and waving a bible at it and reading a big old long prayer against every this and every that and every whatever and we rebuke everything said again every witchcraft every spirit or whatever hoping you hit something but it's just a whole lot better when the lord just says it's a spirit of fear it's up over her head this is what it looks like grab a hold of it do this to it and cast it to the abyss and get her free okay cool well that's the word of the lord which is a sword so the main thing is to get people hearing the Lord right, and then he'll tell them what to do, and it'll work. And uh, they get their cup full, make sure their doors are closed, make sure they don't have a spirit of fear, and they'll have authority to help her get free. Anyway, I, I, as far as shields and cloaks go, I want you to be encouraged. I want you to believe in faith that if you are a child of God, that he will circle you round about, that he will surround you with angels, that he will hide you under the pinions of his wings from your enemies, um, one girl, she was having nightmares all the time. She she shared a, a apartment with two roommates that were into all kinds of devil music and really bad stuff, and and uh, she was just constantly having nightmares every night. And we talked to her about cloaks and how to just hide from the eyes of the enemy. And she would just pray, Lord, um, hide me. And she had this childlike faith. And the thing that connected with her was a song, uh, Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Um, uh, let it shine, you know. Uh, anyway, children's song that we sang in Bible school when she was a kid. And so I, I was like, she's like, I don't understand. How, how does this work? And I'm like, well, you know, hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to, you know, if, you, if it's under a bushel, nobody can see it. So in her head, she saw this bushel basket come down over her and nobody could see her. And the, de- the, the demons couldn't see her. And she went home that night. Her roommates didn't even acknowledge that she was there. And she slept great, nothing messed with her um and whatever territorial stuff was in that house didn't even know she was there and that worked great for three or four days until something whispered because she told people about it and how great it was working and everything and something whispered "Uh, they can see your feet they can see under the bushel and then it didn't work anymore because she believed it wouldn't work anymore because they could see her feet so she asked the lord for an upgrade lord I, i need i need something where they can't see me and i don't know what in her head what the Lord why this worked for her or why whatever but uh, she asked the Lord for an upgrade to her cloak and the Lord gave her a jet black scuba suit and uh, she would go through the process of pulling on each leg and pulling on the gloves and and a mask and everything and a, a jet black scuba suit and she was completely covered and nobody could see her and uh she lived in that scuba suit. I mean, she was all the time wearing her cloak around, but she wasn't learning any spiritual warfare. She wasn't doing anything against the enemy. Um, she was just hiding all the time, and the Lord had me kind of mention to her that you know, you're know you not going to get any stronger just hiding. And the Lord had already been convicting her about it and stuff, so she came out of hiding and started doing some more warfare and, and standing against the enemy, not just running. And uh, But it was real, and there's times when... Uh, we've headed out on a mission trip and we cloak it real good and hide it from the enemy because otherwise, you know, they're going to throw everything at us. There'll be state troopers along the way. There'll be nails in the road. There'll be, you know, all kinds of stuff to try and delay or block where we're going. And uh, But it's smooth sailing when we hide it from the eyes of the enemy. And if this is a war, then, then covert action is absolutely real. Um, the Lord certainly... Um, Does a lot of stuff in the Bible Like Gideon Where he sneaks up on the enemy Or um, confuses them Or puts blindness or madness on them With Elisha The whole Sumerian army is coming to get Elisha And his servant Gehazi says They're they're all surrounding us And (laughs) Elisha says You don't see the army that's surrounding them And he's like what do you mean And and Elisha prays and says Lord let him see The the armies on our side And Gehazi's eyes are opened, and he sees massive angels and armies surrounding the Sumerian army, so big that they could never stand against it. And he goes, oh, I get it, okay, we're okay. Elisha walks out of this walled city and says, hey guys, who are you looking for? Well, we're looking for the prophet Elisha. Oh, he's not here. Come on, follow me. And he leads them to Samaria, which is a big walled city. And they 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 says they're blinded. It doesn't mean they don't see the road that the sky turns black or whatever. They don't see that he's Elijah, and they follow him into Samaria. They close the gate behind him. and the king and and everybody is going, uh, "Hey, these are Philistines. Uh, you know, what do you want us to do with them? Should we kill them?" And uh, it wasn't the Samarian army; it was the Philistine army. Anyway, <clears throat> the Philistine army is chasing uh, Elisha. And uh, right, it follows him peacefully right up into Samaria. They close the gate behind him, and uh, the king says, "What do you want me to do?" And uh, Elisha says, "Just feed them and send them on their way. Don't kill them all." Um, and then their eyes are open. They realize it's Elisha, and uh, they go back and they stop trying to to come after him after that because that was real scary. You know, that's a cloak. That's confusion and madness and blindness on your enemies that's absolutely real um, the Lord can do that I've seen him do tons of stuff um, for me like that uh, anyway <clears throat> I know this is long uh, hopefully hopefully there was something in there it felt like it rambled all over the place but I, hopefully there was something in there that connected with you and uh, I, I encourage you to go do a search in the Bible for cloaks uh, shields um, other weapons There's also a video on the Spiritual Warfare playlist, I think, about uh, the weapons of war uh, and all the verses about that kind of stuff. Um, Anyway, thanks for listening. Lots more on fellowshipofthemartyrs.com.